0: Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're locked in with your host, Brent McGuire. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built bars are some of the best tasting protein bars on the market right now. So go to Built Bar. Dot com and use the promo code locked on you'll get 20% off your next order in today's episode of locked on angels we are going to continue our top 50 players in angels franchise history list so on monday we looked at players number 50 through 46 today we will look at numbers forty five through forty one but before getting into today's episode as usual if you want to find me on twitter you can follow me at Bmags94. You can follow my written work at Crashing the Pearly Gates. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to download, subscribe, rate and review the Lockdown Angels podcast on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. So happy Wednesday. Hope you're doing well. Couple of things I want to touch on before getting into the bulk of today's episode. There was a trade rumor or I guess a free agent rumor on Tuesday about the Angels. So the Angels are apparently One of the teams that have shown interest in starting pitcher Jake Odorizzi. Odorizzi only pitched in four games last year. They were non-arm related injuries. He had a blister and was hit by a line drive that uh, had a contusion for his abdomen. So nothing serious in terms of arm injuries. The guy has been pretty durable from 2014 to 2019. He averaged 165 and two thirds innings per season. He was never a guy that was approaching 200 innings, but he's a pretty good bet to give you 150 solid, above average, if not boring type of innings. The upside is limited here. His career ERA plus is 105, so he's 5% better than the league average pitcher over his career, but that's pretty valuable for an Angels team that needs innings. And obviously, if Rizzi was the uh, top Angels pitcher they acquired this offseason, That would be problematic based on what I was reading on social media on Tuesday. Fans were not exactly thrilled with the idea of Odorizzi. And I, quite frankly, I get it. He's not the most exciting option in the world. He's not going to move the needle that much. But if the team was to go out and get that frontline starting pitcher and they had enough funds to be able to make Odorizzi fit, that is not a bad signing for the Angels. If you have your frontline starter, Bundy, Heaney, fit in Odorizzi as your number four guy, or maybe your number five guy behind Griffin Canning, that's a pretty good rotation. Again, Odorizzi not going to be the type of difference maker in terms of he's going to take you from a below 500 team to a playoff team or anything of that sort. But if you're looking for a guy that's going to soak up innings above average or even league average innings, you could do a lot worse. So wanted to pass along that trade rumor, or I guess that free agent rumor to you, And uh, in terms of Major League Baseball news, there was a report that came out from Bob Nightingale on Tuesday about Major League teams uh, talking about starting the season in May of 2021. Obviously, this has a lot to do with trying to wait out the process until the vaccine for the coronavirus pandemic is kind of making its way through society to allow fans to potentially uh, go to more games. Obviously, this is a ploy from Major League Baseball to... Try to reap the benefits of having fans in the stands. Obviously, gate revenue is a vital part of major league teams, and unsurprisingly, the MLB Players Association fought back and said, "No, we want to play 162 games." Obviously, makes sense from both sides. Both sides are trying to uh, make the other side budge here. I would expect that this is something that's going to be a little contentious over the coming months. We've obviously become pretty used to these types of back and forth debates. Obviously. If you've listened to this podcast and you listened to the podcast with Taylor Blake Ward and I on Tuesday, you'd know that I'm definitely pro players on this. I think there should be a 162-game season. The MLB owners are making enough money, and quite frankly, if fans are able to come back at some point during the season, they're they're going to be fine. So, Again, I'm pro playing more baseball games, so anything less than the usual 162 games sounds a little weird, so hopefully they'll figure this out and we can get some more consensus about what's going to happen for the 2021 season. But with that being said, we're going to dive into today's episode, the bulk of today's episode. We're going to continue the top 50 players list. So we started this on Monday's episode. And in that episode, you heard numbers 50 through 46. So we had Mike Napoli at number 50, Fred Lynn at 49, Gary Pettis at 48, 47 was Orlando Cabrera, and coming in at number 46 was Jeff Zahn. So we're going to kick off today's list by looking at a recent Angel, and that is Garrett Richards. 121 pitches thrown by Garrett. This is ground and short. This should do it. High bar has it on the first. Like that baby up as the Angels take the first one against the Dodgers. In grand fashion, his first career complete game. Shout out for Garrett Richards, 5 nothing to final. What a performance by Garrett Richards. Dominant stuff, exactly what Mike Sosia and always bull- So once again, that audio and the following audio is courtesy of Major League Baseball. And the Garrett Richards story is an interesting and almost tragic one because there was so much potential there for... Garrett Richards, not only to be a quality pitcher for the Angels, but really in Major League Baseball. And to his credit, he's bounced back from really serious injuries and has still made a name for himself. He was pitching for a really good Padres team last year. He's a free agent right now and will likely land another solid Major League deal. And, you know, everything started with the Angels. So Garrett Richards was part of that historic 2009 draft class for the Angels that included Mike Trout, Tyler Skaggs, Patrick Corbin, really, really good class. And Richards, when he was drafted out of the University of Oklahoma, was basically a guy that had really good stuff, no idea where it was going. He was pitching out of the bullpen, I believe, when he was pitching with the Sooners, and the Angels thought this guy could be a starter, and they kind of stuck with it, got to the major leagues, and he was kind of thrust in between, uh, kind of like a hybrid role. He was pitching in the bullpen, pitching in the rotation at times and had a really quality, his first quality season was 2013, appeared in 47 games, 17 starts in that season, tossed 145 innings, had a 4.16 ERA, nearly a two-win pitcher by wins above replacement, quality season. And if you're an Angels fan, you probably remember how dominant the guy was in 2014. And again, this is kind of a tragic ending to that story because Richards had that really nasty knee injury at Fenway Park in late August and had the entirety of the rest of his season wiped out. Was not on the postseason roster, obviously, for the Angels. Didn't get to make his last five or six starts of the season. But at that point, he had 168 and two-thirds innings, a 2.61 ERA, 4.3 wins above replacement. At that point, he was one of the top seven pitchers in baseball by wins above replacement. Now, I don't think he was going to go on to Win the Cy Young. That was the same year that Felix Hernandez, Corey Kluber were right in the middle of their primes, and those guys were probably going to win, anyways. But Richards was almost certainly a lock to get Cy Young award uh, consideration, maybe like down the ballot. He could have finished top five, and he didn't. And while he bounced back the next season and actually pitched an entire season, which is remarkable given the fact that he had a nasty knee injury in August. He wasn't quite the same, but it was still a quality season for Richards. He had uh, 207 and a third innings. That's the only time he went over 200 innings in his career, and it really was not even close. Had a 3.65 ERA, 2.8 wins above replacement. Again, quality season, but it wasn't quite at the level that he was at the season before. But since that point, he has not topped uh, 76 and a third innings in any season to that point. He was dealing with elbow discomfort in 2016. He had a tear in his UCL. The Angels tr- opted to try to rehab it instead of going for the surgery. Kind of backfired on them. Coming into 2017, only made six uh, six starts that season. So a total of 12 starts over two seasons. And then 2018, Richards and Shohei Ohtani are heading the top of a rotation that could potentially have been really, really good, but... Richards undergoes Tommy John surgery about the halfway point through the season, all but ending his Angels career, unless there is a return to the Angels at some point in the future. But even with all of these things, Richards still finds his way on this list at number 45, 11.3 wins above replacement in his career with the Angels. And again, like had he not gotten hurt in 2014, had his arm responded in a different way to throwing a baseball over and over and over again, perhaps Richards would have been a lot higher in this list. Perhaps he's still pitching with the Angels right now, but it's an interesting career to kind of look back on. Really, really good pitcher at his peak. It's really hard to find another pitcher who was as dominant as Richards was during that 2014 season. So we're going to move on to the number 44 player on this list, and that is Dick Schofield he has to be proud of the effort no matter how it turns out the strike two to Schofield is swung on and belted deep to left field Collins going back away back it is gone a grand slam for Schofield the Angels win and I don't believe it Dick Schofield was the third overall pick in the 1981 draft by the Angels and very quickly made it up to the major league so he debuted in 1983 And became a full-time regular for the first time in 1984. And he was a solid, if not unspectacular player for the Angels. He topped out at 3.7 wins above replacement in a season. Was kind of consistently a really good defender. Below average hitter. Played a lot of games. And as a whole was like a fine player. But he was the main starting shortstop for the Angels in the 1980s. Really just picked up a bulk of the work. And you look at some of his best seasons. I just mentioned his 3.7 wins above replacement came in 1986. That was by far his best season. Was the only time that he was really close to a league average offensive player. His 96 weighted runs created plus was right below 100. Hit 13 home runs. Only time he ever hit double digit home runs. Stole a career high 23 bases. And from that audio that you heard at the beginning of this segment, Dick Schofield's walk-off grand slam against the Tigers capped off a 12-5 comeback win for the Angels at Angels Stadium, so many fans will remember him for that huge moment in what was a pretty magical year for the Angels in 1986, but yeah, Schofield was a, a fine player for the Angels, really just was a strong defender, durable, and, you know, wasn't a good hitter, was definitely below average, but he wasn't a complete zero, and finds his way at number 44 on this list. Coming up here in a little bit, we're going to take a look at players numbers 43 through 41. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious than it's ever been before. With 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors such as Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, and Carrot Cake, Built Bars are absolutely delicious. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they are soft and easy to chew. Most importantly, built bars are healthy. They're great for the health conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber, and they're great for any kind of diet, including the keto diet. So, what are you waiting for? Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED ON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED ON for 20% off at builtbar.com. Hey NBA fans, the Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcasts all this week. Plus, waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I'll be tuning in to the Locked On LA Lakers podcast, getting myself ready for the season. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts. We're going to keep this list going. So, coming in at number 43, Devon White. Breakdown during the year. White breaks, called strike, Edmund throw, wrong side of the bag. There goes Devon White. And Gedman holds the ball. Towards first base, and he found it right away. Look at that, Stealing home. Safe! Devon White steals second, third, and then home. So Devon White was a really, really good player that had a long established career as a just a really good player and everything started with the Angels. He was a sixth round pick out of the 1981 draft and as a whole in his entire career, he was worth 41.8 wins above replacement, hit 208 home runs, stole 346 bags, 98 weighted runs created plus, played in center field, was a really, really good defender, uh, early on in his career. And again, everything started with the Angels. Most people will remember Devon White from his Blue Jays days. He was a huge part of those title teams in 1992 to 1993. But for the first part of his career, he came up with the Angels and was quite good. So his first big season, his first full time major league season came in 1987. Hit 24 home runs, stole 32 bags, was a league average hitter. And really, really good defensively. Was worth 4.6 wins above replacement. That was his best year with the Angels. White regressed a little bit in the next couple seasons. But was still an above average everyday player for the Angels. Big stolen base threat. Was awesome in center field. And then has a really, really bad 1990 season as a full-time regular. Is really bad at the plate. Only worth 0.8 wins above replacement. And that was the point where the Angels decided to trade Devon White to the Blue Jays in a pretty big deal that did not bring much of anything back to the Angels and goes on to just completely rebound the following year is worth 6.4 wins above replacement as a legitimate MVP candidate. Got to be one of the worst trades in Angels franchise history. And yeah, like I said, he went on to be a huge part of those Blue Jays teams that won titles in the early 1990s. But as a whole, I mean, Devon White was really good with the Angels, and obviously looking back at that 1987 year, that's just a monster of a year. It's really hard to find guys uh, who can hit 20-plus home runs, steal 30-plus bags, and play really good defense in center field. And if the Angels had decided to hang on to Devon White a little bit longer, he'd not only be higher on this list, but perhaps those teams of the 1990s, those Angels teams that were really bad might have been slightly less bad. So we're going to move on to number 42 on this list, and that is Francisco Rodriguez. So Francisco Rodriguez, otherwise known as K-Rod or Frankie, was obviously introduced to the Angels and their fans as a 20-year-old in the 2002 playoff run, came up and just absolutely shoved in the playoffs, was throwing upper 90s fastballs, wicked sliders, pitching pivotal high leverage innings for the Angels in their first World Series. Played a huge part during that entire series and went on to become one of the best relievers in Angels franchise history he's the uh, first reliever on this list there's only one other reliever that finished ahead of him and this guy was so good i mean you look at the stretch of production that he had when he came up for the Angels obviously came up and dominated in 2002 and was immediately a workhorse in the bullpen that didn't just provide quantity of innings but the quality of innings his first full season Was a little underwhelming based on what he showed the previous year. He had a 3.03 ERA in 86 innings. That's still really, really good. But the following season, just dominant stuff. This was his best season with the Angels. Pitched in 69 games, a 1.82 ERA, 3.7 wins above replacement. That's the best relief season in Angels franchise history. And went on to post another sub-2 ERA in the 2006 season and was pretty consistently in the mid twos for his ARAs, had the huge 2008 season, his final season with the Angels where he saved 62 games. And this guy was just dominant for his entire Angels career. And to be quite honest, he was a big reason why I became an Angels fan uh, in those early days. He was one of those first players that I really gravitated towards. It was, you know, guys like Vlad, guys like Sean Figgins, Francisco Rodriguez. These guys were some of those like early guys that I really, really enjoyed watching. And Francisco Rodriguez was just such a good player with the Angels and as a whole, just dominant stuff. So we're going to move on to the number 41 player and the last player that we will talk about today. And that is my share is Kurt Suzuki. Picks right back up the middle as Torres gives it to Ibar. Oh, my goodness, what a play. Shock the house. Cheese and crackers, and while you're at it and eating them, call the cops. It's unbelievable. Meiser not only robbed a knock, but he says, Look, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit slow getting up. Why don't you take it, Eric?" Unbelievable. So my Torres was worth 12.3 wins above replacement, played with the Angels from 2005 through 2000, 2012. And his Torres was just a, he was there every single season, was never amazing, was never a standout player, but every single season he was a quality player. So if you just look at wins above replacement from 2006 to 2012, I mean, he was at 1.8 wins above replacement in 2006, the following season, 1.3, 3.2, 1.1, 1.9. And his final season was at 0.8. So again, it was never anything that was flashy. He never hit 10 home runs in a season. He never stole 20 bases. He was never an all-star, never a gold glover, nothing like that. But he was like the perfect guy for the Angels in that era, in an era that had guys like Eric Ibar coming up and Howie Kendrick, and even some of the prospects that didn't pan out, guys like Dallas McPherson, Brandon Wood. Myceres Torres was a guy that was acquired in the Jose Guillen trade along with Juan Rivera, and I don't know if there was much of an expectation for his Torres, but he carved out such a perfect role for the Angels as a switch hitter, made a lot of contact, was able to play shortstop, third base, second base, all that kind of stuff. And it's I don't think it's a surprise that he was around for the title teams that won in 2007, 2008, 2009. He was never the top guy for those teams, but he played such a pivotal role, providing depth and versatility for the Angels in really what were their glory days. So again, this was never a guy that was flashy out on the field, but was just consistently uh, a strong utility guy, played good defense, provided enough offense, and was in my mind, one of the more underrated angels of all time. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Angels. As always, thank you to Major League Baseball for providing the highlight audio. We're going to keep this series rolling on Thursday's episode. We're going to look at players 40 through 36. Friday's episode, I'm not sure if we're going to continue doing this series or do something else. I am talking with someone who might be able to come on for the show on Friday. So, Stay tuned for that. But with that being said, that's going to do it for today's episode. As always, thank you for joining. Stay safe out there, and we'll talk some Angels baseball on Thursday. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024.